Hey there, I'm Melanie Reed, and this is The HR Mentor. I know it's been more than a minute of lag time since my last episode, but November was a bit of a killer. Who am I kidding? The whole fall felt a little bit like a three-ring circus. There was not only a lot going on with the day job, but a lot going on personally, which I really won't bore you with. But what also impacted so many of us here in British Columbia is another series of natural disasters with intense flooding. Once again, many people and animals were displaced, had their properties destroyed, and most importantly, people lost their lives. It's been really devastating. My family all fared well, but I did get stuck in Vancouver for a few days, had to leave my car, and then finally last week was able to make my trek back to retrieve it and some of my personal things. It was a very minor inconvenience and nothing to complain about for sure. It really has broken my heart to see so much devastation happening to so many families once again. I honestly don't know how much more our little province can take. Now, you can help out if you're feeling the same. And if you can find a few extra dollars right now, I encourage you to donate to the Red Cross Flood Relief Fund to help those in need. I know that's what our family's doing, and I really encourage you to do that if you can. I'll leave a link in the show summary to help you have a direct connection there if you want to contribute. Now, for today's episode, as you may have guessed from the title, I'm wrapping up season two of The HR Mentor and taking a little break till early 2022. It has been an incredible year, and I'm so very grateful that so many people enjoyed the podcast. The show is now at over 4,200 downloads, which for me is a huge thing. And most importantly, the feedback I'm receiving is that you're getting incredible value out of what you're hearing. And that means the world to me. If you haven't had a chance to listen to much of season two, I encourage you to add it to your holiday playlist. Get outside, get lots of walks in, and podcasts are a great way to uh, support that exercise. Again, I'm sharing some important tips for those of you that are looking for a new HR role or your first role, and for those of you that are already in the profession. I have interviews about your health and well-being, the importance of reference checks, and how to use human-centered design to implement EDI strategies, which I know is something a lot of organizations are contemplating right now. I also had a great conversation with a career coach in season two, and we talk about how to make big changes in your career and stay aligned. And once again, I talked to some former students who share their experiences with landing their first HR role. We actually covered a lot of ground in those 22 episodes. And if you haven't already subscribed to this podcast, make sure that you click the subscribe button wherever you're listening. And if you already love it, consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or my LinkedIn page. All of the links are in the show summary for this episode, which you can find wherever you're listening. And while you're clicking things, maybe consider taking a few seconds to sign up for my newsletter and get even more great career advice. I want to thank 
anyone who reached out via messages to share their feedback on the show and to those of you that left a review. It really does mean a lot that you would take a few minutes to offer your feedback. I know everybody's super busy and just that little bit of time that you've taken means a lot to me. And it's kind of what keeps me going with this. Now, before we get into today's episode, I want to share a comment review from one of my favorite fans and people. Michelle A. says, these podcasts are helping to boost my confidence. I'm new to the HR world, so your insights are extremely valuable to me. I love that you share your experiences, positive and bad, and with great examples from the real world. You describe the challenges we may encounter before landing our dream job. Thank you. You inspire me. Michelle. Thank you so much, Michelle, for leaving this review and for making so many contributions in our BC HR community. Okay, so for this season two wrap up, I have four great questions that I'm going to answer that I think will be helpful, both to those of you just starting out, and those of you who may have a little bit more experience. There really is a lot to talk about. So let's get started. Welcome to the HR Mentor Podcast the podcast for emerging HR practitioners to get practical advice, tools, and strategies to build credibility, confidence, and ultimately a fulfilling HR career. Okay, the first question I'm going to answer came through a LinkedIn message. And I think it's an important one for those of you considering where you are at in your career and for those of you just starting out and maybe feeling a little bit uncertain. And the question is, is there a future in HR? The short answer is, of course, yes. Now, I'm not sure what the context was for this question, but I do know that a lot of folks have concerns that AI will replace many of the functions performed by HR departments. And it is true that AI can be a useful tool to help reduce the repetitive and more administrative functions of the HR department, to which I say, bring it on. But I don't believe that AI can replace many of the important reasoning and decision-making functions that HR professionals perform. Furthermore, Global technology organizations are investing heavily in technological advancements in the human capital management function that the HR department provides. Functions like recruitment, performance management, and learning and development. I was just reading a recent HRO Today report on new tech announcements in the HR space, and it indicated that equity and venture capital firms invested to the tune of $6.48 billion in the third quarter of 2021, just the third quarter, with most of the investment happening in the learning or upskilling space, which represented about $2 billion in the third quarter of 2021 alone. These are global numbers, but most of the investment has been in North America and developed countries, with a connection to those countries that have had access to the COVID-19 vaccine. Now, just think about all the ways the pandemic has changed work. 
It has forced organizations and HR departments to pivot on a dime. And some of those flexible work options many of us were proponents of for decades were suddenly the norm, like overnight. Now, as people start to return to the office, there are new challenges and quite complex ones, actually. The legality and ethics of requiring vaccines to work is a big topic in North America. And employers that I speak to are really struggling to balance between maintaining a safe workplace, which is their requirement (laughs) for everyone, and also potentially losing employees due to vaccine mandates. This is, of course, overlaid by the lowest unemployment we've seen in a long time. So to call it a talent war that we're in is really an understatement. There simply aren't enough people to perform the jobs available. And what this means for us as HR professionals and HR departments is that we have to figure out how to help the organization compete for limited resources, and we have to do it quickly. There isn't really time to wonder and navel gaze about should we invest in technology to make hiring easier and make the process more appealing to candidates, or even whether or not we should improve the experience for candidates and employees. If organizations don't, they simply aren't going to have people. Further to these challenges is the heightened awareness on equity, diversity, and inclusion, or EDI. This is not an area that many HR professionals may have expertise in, but organization leaders are demanding that action is taken. This challenge is a lot of the time that they don't know what they don't know, and most of the time they just want to train their way to a diverse and inclusive environment, which of course doesn't work. And don't take my word for it. Give a listen to episode 42 of this podcast if you haven't already, and hear what Sharon Ningueso, who is an expert, has to say about this. The point of all of this is that I don't really believe HR is going anywhere, but it is evolving and quickly. Just this week, the CPHR released a new set of professional competencies for HR professionals in Canada, with the number of competencies required to obtain the CPHR increasing dramatically. I'll post a link in the show notes uh, of this episode if you want to check out the new framework. So if you want to pursue a challenging career where you will be in demand, HR could be the path for you. That said, it's going to require you to engage in continuous learning, personal development, and you're going to need to cultivate an ability to have some difficult conversations with organizational leaders who don't really believe that the world of work is changing daily. They're going to have to stop looking at their people as commodities to manage like inventory, but rather treat them like the valuable human beings that they are. Because at the end of the day, without those people, the organization is not going to survive. And I think this whole talent crunch is really going to magnify that for most leaders and organizations. Now, I also encourage you to check out episode 40, where I talk about three career paths that I believe are critical for the future of HR. All right, the next question This one sort of dovetails on what I just said, and it came to me via a more experienced HR professional. 
And the question is, does my HR credentials and education need updating over time? Does my degree lose value? This is a great question, and people usually ask themselves this when they start to consider pursuing a new role or a new path within HR. This also might be a question that comes up if you've been looking for a new HR role and aren't really getting many callbacks or having success through interviews. The good news is, I don't really think it's your credential if you are having this problem. If you have a degree in business or HR, or even a degree in psychology with an HR credential, you likely don't need to take a new degree at any point. I graduated with my BBA in the late 90s, and I've never really had my degree questioned. That said, if you are pursuing a specific area of HR, say total rewards or learning and development or even an EDI role, and you don't have sufficient experience or you haven't taken any courses or certifications relevant to that particular area you want to pursue, then you probably want to consider pursuing a designation or a certification. When I started my last corporate role in workforce planning, I didn't have a specific credential. I did have a lot of experience in talent management and a good track record in HR roles in general. So what I did was when I started the work, I immediately pursued a designation in workforce planning. And this was kind of twofold. It both expanded my knowledge base on current practices and helped inform me of what the, the latest sort of trends and approaches were to workforce planning, but it also gave me some credibility to my work because at the time I saw that this was going to be a long-term career path for me, or at least I thought it did. Didn't turn out that way, but sometimes careers, as I say, put you on these new trajectories or take turns that you don't expect. So I don't believe you really need to update your education or credentials over time. But I do think, repeating what I said in the answer to the first question, that you need to stay up to date and be constantly learning in whichever area of HR you are specializing in or you see your organization needing some more support with. There are so many options out there now for affordable and even free learning, and there's more coming all the time. So if you're pursuing a new area of HR, it's helpful to seek a credential or a certification in that particular area, even if you have experience. Now, as a professor and lifelong learner, I don't think you can ever go wrong learning something new or pursuing some new path for education. To quote my dear mother, who was a high school teacher and a firm believer in the value of education, no education is ever wasted. But I will add that it's helpful to pursue it for the right reasons. And fearing that your BBA or MBA or any other level of education or credential will become out of date is probably not it. You'll end up spending a lot of time and money on something that isn't going to make a big difference. All right, the third question is a very specific one that came from a former student of mine who's struggling a little bit with informational interviews. They asked, how do I figure out who to contact for an informational interview? 
This is a really good question because I believe there's a big difference between knowing what to do and being able to do it. Now, before I answer this, I really want to direct you to episode eight, The Importance of Making Connections, where I talk about the benefits of growing and nurturing your network. This episode also comes with a helpful guide on how to conduct informational interviews, including a list of suggested questions to ask at the interview. Now, to answer this question, I believe networking is a skill that many people struggle to develop and maybe never will. So the first thing I recommend to anyone struggling to make the first move in reaching out to someone is to put a bit of a reframe on what you're doing, meaning try not to think of it as networking or even asking for help. Think about it as simply collecting research and information for your HR career. For some reason, this seems to help people get over the fear of connecting with an HR professional that they don't know. So that's my first piece of advice. Figure out if you're holding back out of fear and then try and reframe the messages you might be telling yourself about reaching out to folks. To help you with this, I have a guide and a step-by-step process for reframing limiting beliefs that you might have about your job search. You can find it in the episode two uh, show notes on the website, or you can listen to episode two and hear me talk about this. Now, once you have the right mindset, get crystal clear on what your career goal is right now. Is it to land your first HR role, or are you trying to level up your career in a new area of HR or in a promoted role? Without a goal, you will really struggle to figure out who to contact. But once you're clear on this, then I want you to consider what information you might want to learn from another HR professional about a possible career path or career opportunities that will help you figure out who else to talk to, or that will help you decide if this is the right path for you. And I want you to write down both of these things what your career goal is, and what questions you might have about that goal or that career path. Then once you've done that, you can start to make a list of organizations that might have a role you're interested in or might have HR professionals working in it that could answer your questions. For example, if you're limited in your geographic area, well, only look at organizations in that area. If you're looking for information about specialized roles, like, say, workforce planning, then you'll want to find organizations that have people working in that area. And if you're just starting out and need mentoring and guidance at work, you want to figure out which organizations will have an HR team, and as a result, will also have more junior roles. It's a bit like reverse engineering. You need to start with your goal and work backwards to figure out who to contact. Once you have some information about your goal and the types of organizations that might have roles you could be interested in, head over to LinkedIn. Or if you're a member of an HR association, go to the member directory and search by geographic area or by organization name. Then find people who might be able to help guide you with some information. And voila, you can send them an email or a direct message and ask if they would be willing to spend a few minutes answering some questions for you about their career path or the organization. You will honestly be surprised at how willing people are to share their experiences. 
It's really all in how you frame it. Remember, you're not asking for a job. You're asking for information and guidance. Now, to give you an example, when I began my role in workforce planning, I didn't have any connections who were also doing this work that I could kind of brainstorm with or get advice from. So I went to LinkedIn, I looked up people in North America with similar job titles, and I just started reaching out. I set up phone calls with, I believe, three people who were working in similar roles, and I learned a ton about how they implemented workforce planning in their organizations, and it helped me avoid some common pitfalls because they had already traveled the path I was about to embark on. I wasn't looking for a job, mind you, but I did make some great connections, and I learned a lot to help me in my role. You have to remember that making connections isn't just a strategy when you're job seeking. It's really essential throughout your career. So get in the right mindset, get clear on your goal, get busy with a little bit of research, and then send out as many requests as you can. All right, the final question, and then we're going to wrap up this season. This was the winning question in my Q&A contest, and it came from one of my newsletter subscribers. And before I answer it, I just want to put in a shameless plug for the newsletter. If you're not already a subscriber, please go to the summary of this episode, wherever you're listening, and take a few seconds to fill in the form. You're going to get exclusive weekly content from me about the HR profession and how to level up your career. And of course, you'll be the first to know about any courses or promotions that I'm offering. Okay, now for the question. How do I kickstart my HR career? This is a question I get asked a lot. So many HR grads struggle to know where to start. In fact, it's this question that prompted me to start this podcast in the first place. And it's the catalyst for the HR Career Accelerator program I created last year, as well as my upcoming academy program. Now, I want to begin by saying there is no one-size-fits-all approach to getting started, and it does require some effort and work on your part. I've said it before, and I'll say it again, our profession doesn't have one clear path to a job like others, such as accounting. It depends on you, what you enjoy, and what your strengths are. It also depends on your previous experience, where you live or are willing to live, and what work environment you want. That said, there are some clear steps you can take to help figure that out. So let's walk through this. I believe there are three pillars to a successful HR career. Clarity, connections, and communication. And when you're first starting out, I recommend that you spend a fair bit of time getting really clear on who you are and what you want. This means knowing yourself really well by identifying your strengths, your accomplishments, your interests, and what type of HR roles will be best suited to you. I recently created an episode of The HR Mentor to help with this. So go and give a listen to episode 41, prepare for your HR job search, and then download the checklist I created. It'll help you get started in the right direction. The most important thing you can do to kick off your career is to not skip this step. If you don't know yourself really well, what you value and what you're good at, you're going to have a hard time convincing a potential employer of what you can offer them. Without this clarity, you will probably flounder for some time and never really make a clear connection with any potential employers. 
Make it easy for them to see that you're a fit. But knowing yourself, then knowing what they need through research, and only then preparing a resume or application letter that spells it out for them. I promise that if you take this time to get clear, the whole process will go more smoothly. And you'll find the nerve-wracking interview process really easy-peasy. Beyond the clarity piece, I also recommend you start making connections with other HR professionals. This should begin before you graduate from your HR program. And it never stops, as I said previously, if you want to have a successful career. Believe it or not, getting started in this profession has a lot to do with who you know. And that might sound frustrating to you, but it should empower you because once you know yourself, you can easily figure out organizations that will work for you. And that kind of takes the guesswork out of who to connect with. Go back to the answer for my previous question and just get started. Really resist the urge to start sending out application after application until you take these important steps. It might actually feel counterintuitive to you, but without clarity and some connections to guide you, the apply and wait strategy is only going to disappoint you and make you really frustrated. Your career is iterative and evolving all the time as you're evolving, and you making time to focus on it is really going to be time well spent. So try and get to know yourself, what you want, and where you think you will best fit in, and then get really focused on organizations and industries that are going to offer that to you. I think you'll find that you will get the results you're hoping for, and ultimately a successful and fulfilling HR career, if you take this approach. Okay, that's a wrap. As we conclude this season, I really want to thank everyone who sent me questions about their HR career, not just for this episode, but all year long. I really love hearing from you and getting your feedback. As always, if you're feeling the love, a review on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or a LinkedIn recommendation is appreciated. And so is sharing this podcast with someone you think will benefit from it. And if you haven't hit the subscribe button, What are you waiting for? I also want to give a special shout out to my editor, Lorenzo, who does an amazing job of making me sound great on here, and my community manager, Michelle Morrow, who has been producing incredible content for our HR Career Cafe community on LinkedIn. For the most part, I'm a one-person show, so it means a ton to have their support. In season three, you can continue to expect great content and interviews, but I also envision a few other changes to help keep this a sustainable effort. Stay tuned and stay connected. You can hit me up on LinkedIn with a connection request and, of course, include a personal message. And if you're in the first five years of your HR career, I really encourage you to join our HR Career Cafe community. Michelle is always sharing thought-provoking polls, amazing job opportunities, and some HR news and info. This is also an amazing place for you to network with other HR professionals and share your own content. The community was built for you. Okay, thank you again for being here. 
I am so grateful for your time and your presence. And I really hope that the end of 2021 is safe, healthy, and happy. I'll talk to you in 2022. Take care. Bye for now.